Welcome in, everybody, to the live episode of Big Hall Talk. It's finally happening. I'm finally going live here. Um, of course, Big Hall Talk presented by Just Baseball Reppin on today's show. And boy, do I have a show for you all today. Um, obviously, what happened yesterday, I'm going to kind of let any people get in here before I really start going off and stuff. Um, but obviously what happened yesterday uh, is just, you know, it, it was such a disaster for baseball um, on so many levels, just a, a, a PR nightmare in a way, um, the way that it happened and just the reaction to it that came out. It was so immediate and so not necessarily aggressive, um, but it was a very strong reaction to what happened. Certainly Um, everybody knew people pretty much knew what was going to happen, right? Everybody knew that bonds and Clemens were not going to get in, but for it to happen the way that it did in their final year on the ballot um, was really upsetting. I, I have to say that I was more bothered by it than I imagined that I would be. Um, I kind of thought that I would, because I had expected it, um, that I would just kind of accept it and handle it and, and move on with my day. You know, I was doing something for school, so I couldn't watch the announcement and obviously I couldn't go live in the immediate aftermath. Um, but nevertheless, I was still made to be very, very upset by what had happened, um, and I found myself before I got into uh, the place that I was covering uh, something for, I found myself just made very, very upset um, by the whole thing and realizing having it, you know, become reality that the greatest player in the history of the game and arguably the greatest pitcher in the history of the game uh, were not going to be inducted into the hall of fame, into this thing that I've, come to care so much about um <laughs> eli welcome in man yes this is exactly where i do the fish stripes live i did the fish stripes lives from but yeah this is my live this is my broadcasting area this is where i do everything from this is kind of the hub here at jam house in gainesville florida um but thanks for joining along eli but yeah it was certainly a, a tough day you know i was kind of um i i just watch bonds and clemens flirt more and more with that 75 percent even before you know the results were announced and that's just on the public ballot which is always going to be more friendly to them than the private ballot um so i i I, of course i saw it coming but again i just was made to be so upset by the whole thing it was really crushing and to see the reaction from so many people you know it wasn't just baseball fans it wasn't just people that I'm friendly with or friends of mine or baseball people that I follow or talk to. It was um, everybody, you know, reaction poured in from all over the place, really, um, to what had happened. And, and, you know, sports fans in general were reacting to um, the fact that Bonds, it, it was really more so about Bonds. I mean, obviously Clemens, like, you know, deserves just as much recognition as Bonds does. And and everybody should be just as angry about Clemens. But everybody 
was really rallying behind Barry Bonds. And this is what it ultimately comes down to. What ultimately comes down to is David Ortiz. Let, let me play um, this clip from when Jeremy Taché was on with us. And he kind of outlines it perfectly. And and I couldn't stop thinking about what Jeremy said in the moments um, when I was reacting to what had happened. So let me go ahead and, and play this from Jeremy. And I'll also say that, like, I'm just going to let you know that if David Ortiz gets into the Hall of Fame this year and he's mm-hmm. the only person who does, it's a bleeping travesty. Yeah. That's yeah. wrong, man. It's wrong. David Ortiz should not be a first ballot Hall of Famer if mm-hmm. Roger Clemens and Barry, Barry Bonds, Bonds are right. not Hall of Famers. Period. Yes. That's, that's crazy. Correct. That's a that's, great way to. Even if Sammy Sosa isn't, mm-hmm. like, that's crazy. Like, and don't get me, again, I think Poppy's a Hall of Famer. This is not me saying that he shouldn't be. This is me saying it makes no sense for that DH who just hit a, mm-hmm. you know, who was a great hitter, but that DH over in Boston who, just because he played a little bit later, mm-hmm. like he's still linked to the stuff, guys. I mm-hmm. know, I know, again, I know he's defended himself. But like, that hasn't helped other guys who have defended themselves and never tested positive. It's really as simple as Big Poppy was connected to this stuff as well. I mean, he was mentioned in the Mitchell report, but people just choose to ignore that for what reason is it simply because he's big poppy and he's charismatic and he's a nice guy and i don't want to rain on david ortiz's parade look i would have voted for big poppy i mean i said it all season on this show it's big poppy he has to be in he's one of those guys he has to be in the hall of fame there is no other choice you cannot tell the story of this era of baseball without David Ortiz. You can also not tell the story of baseball in general without Barry Bonds, without the greatest player in the history of the game, and arguably the greatest pitcher in the history of the game in Roger Clemens. And, and it's just amazing to me that it just outlined all the inconsistencies in this stuff, all the flaws that I have and that make me upset and the injustices that caused me to start this podcast you know if anything it made me more passionate about this subject it doesn't make me feel apathetic or tired or or um you know um, discouraged in a way it makes me more passionate because i just want to talk about this stuff and help people realize what's happening here um it's wrong it's flat out wrong that david ortiz has steroid connections but we just choose to ignore all of them for un unknown reasons we don't really know why um is it because he's a nice guy i mean it's just absurd to have barry bonds and roger clemens left out because why writers didn't like him bonds was an asshole you know it's these personal vendettas that are are still being held against these guys are sad this is not about who was a good guy who was a bad person This is about who were the best players in the game. And nobody knows who were the best players in the game better than this guy right here. Daniel Alvarez, my boy. Welcome in, Daniel. I want to get your reaction. Um, Nobody knows this stuff better than us. So I want to just talk to you about what your initial reactions were after the fact, when everything comes out, 
just kind of what happened and, and what were your feelings when you see Poppy in great news, but what we all expected, which is Bonds and Clemens left out. Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned it. We all expected that to happen. So I'm actually not that not that surprised. Uh, I was ready for it. For me, it was going to be a surprise if the news were different, right? You know, having having Bonds and, and Clemens. And and I think, man, it's it's tough to to think that um, maybe the greatest player ever is not gonna be in Cooperstown at least on the um, I mean not at least in, on this on this class and and same with Roger Clemens. Um, it's tough, and I, I it is a tough position, especially for the writers. I'm even though I'm not voting, but it's tough because like. More than half of us think that he should be in the Hall of Fame, but it's way too hard to put three quarters of a group, you know, uh, on the same page and, and getting them all agreeing on something. So it, it was tough. Um, it's going to be, for some people, tough to swallow, but uh, it is what it is, man. And I think that last night um, a very clear message was sent. Even though you weren't surprised, did you find yourself still being upset, or had you already prepared for this in your head? No, no, I, I was not upset, and, and I'm. I, I was not upset, and I was not gonna be upset. Um, and the reason why I'm not upset, Ethan, is because I don't, I don't. Like we, we know what happened. It's not mm. a, it's not a, a, a secret to anybody, that yes, at some point, both Clemens and Bonds took PEDs. There's no doubt about it. Yes, it's different when they never tested positive or they were not suspended because you can say, oh yeah, but Poppy tested positive. But it's a whole different thing. The The thing to me is um, that we, we gotta be uh, sometimes uh, I mean, you, you gotta you gotta be consistent with what you think. Because if you, if you let guys like Piazza Ivan Rodriguez, um, and and those guys, Jeff Bagwell, Big Poppy, attached, Big Poppy, he's got connections. They were all attached to PEDs at some point in their careers, and they were not suspended. Okay, they were not suspended, but what happened? I mean, what happened that made you made you think that Bonds and Clemens are not deserving of of being in Cooperstown, for example? I get the point with Arod. I get the point with Manny. At some point, I. I would say yes. I I, I agree. If uh, if a writer says, you know what, I'm not voting for Clemens, Bonds, Manny, or Arod because they were all attached to PEDs, or even Papi. And I respect that. If you don't, if you leave all of the guys out of your ballot, I respect it. But if you're inconsistent with with your thoughts, then I can't respect that. So so what's the solution, Danny? What do we do? How do we fix this? Is it a change in the voting process? Is it lowering I, it down from seventy-five percent? What what the, what do we do? The thing the thing is that it's it's so difficult, Ethan, because at the same time you you cannot get inside a, a writer's mind. There there's no way there's no way you can do it. Maybe you can change the system, and you have something called the Veterans Committee, where you have former players and current Hall of Famers voting for players, executives. Uh, broadcasters, uh, writers, umpires, everybody. Maybe a change for me in the in the voting process would be okay. Give a percentage to the writers, 
keep the writers voting. I think that's necessary. Um, but maybe you can have, yes, guys like, I don't know, Vince Scully or um, Bob Costas or, you know, a pers different personalities that are already in the hall getting a chance to vote. And I don't even know if that will fix, fix the problem. Because, you, I mean, you saw last night MLB Network and, and we saw the different shows, the one with Ken Rosenthal, and you read so many things on the media and you say, yeah, it's very difficult to put everyone on the same page because everyone has different thoughts. I mean, for me, Tom Verducci, he has all the right in the world to leave Bonds and Clemens out of the ballot. And that's okay uh, because he's been consistent with what he thinks and he's been doing the same year after year. Daniel, why are you so dominant on Fish Stripes Jeopardy? And I don't know. Is this, I don't, I don't Eli know. asked, this is what Eli you do asked, on Wednesday what, nights without yeah, Jeopardy. I, I read the question. Eli, coward. You're a coward. Because I should be right now getting ready to participate in another Jeopardy game. But they said, oh, Danny, you got to choose. Like, you either come next week for your last show or uh, you retire as a four-time champion. Guess what? I went back and I retired as a five-time champion. Oh, you have more champions than Sebastian Battle does. I do. You have more I championships do. than I Sebastian Battle like, does. On my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm going for Lewis Hamilton's record. But so these guys, they, they, I mean, Eli Sussman is like the equivalent of Michael Massey right now. <laughs> so, Daniel, what else about the ballot really uh, took your eye? Scott Rowland has a great year. Billy Wagner yep. has a good year. Andrew Jones has a very good year. Um, Bobby, I, I know he's your guy, but no movement really. So what yeah. was kind of I, your other I, observations? I was not surprised with Bobby. I was kind of a little surprised with Joe Nathan falling falling off the ballot. Uh, I think that's going to make it a little bit tougher for K-Rod next year. And that's that's going to be a one hell of a case. Mm -hmm. um, because there are only three men that has that have more saves than him. Um and that's just incredible. Uh, but for me, you know what surprised me, Ethan? We mm -hmm. scaled with more than 20%, almost yeah. 24%. That was pretty surprising for me because I really thought, not that he was going to fall off the ballot, but mm -hmm. being really close to 10, 11%. Well, this and should I, go yeah, ahead. Sorry. Yeah. When I saw 24, almost 24%, 23.9, I was like, okay. Um, he's been always been like benefited by, uh, by the non-public voters Absolutely. every single year. So that's that's something that that really caught my attention last night. I don't I don't know what 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 does that mean. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen to him. But if I, if I'm Omar Vizcal right now, I will be like very encouraged by that, and I will do everything I can to that's try true. to clean my my image even though that's going to be almost impossible well this should show that kind of difference in the private and the public ballot right so yeah. um omar Vizquel gets 10.2 percent this is all going to be courtesy of the hall of fame tracker which is such great work done by ryan thibodeau um he had 10 point over omar Vizquel got 10.2 percent of the public ballots he got 39 percent of the private ballots this year so he had a, there's a 27 point and a half point differential between his private vote and his public vote, which just kind of goes to show the philosophy, the difference in philosophy. And if you're curious, which I, we're going to talk about this a lot, right? 
Bonds and Clemens. So Bonds, 77.6% of the public vote before the results, 53.1% of the public of the private vote. He had a 23.4% decrease between the public and the private vote. These the, the people that don't show their ballots are the people that are less inclined to vote for steroid yeah. users. They're yeah. less in, they're more inclined to vote for the shillings and the viscels and the this is of the world that, you know, the, they're the old fashioned guys. And it, at the end of the day, they are the guys that have kept they've been the gatekeepers. They said Bonds and Clemens are not allowed in. But Bud Selig, who oversaw the steroid era and Pudge and Bagwell and all these other guys that played during this era that were, you know, we think were juiced up, right? I think Pudge failed a test, but Bonds and Clemens never actually did. We know what they were doing, but it's just the inconsistencies in the whole thing is just, it's just upsetting. And I mean, for you, you're going to have a ballot nine years from now, you know? So what, what kind of do you think you can do to help reverse this? Just to be clear and, and knowing the facts, you know, what, what happened and trying not to be a hypocrite when I have, when I have a ballot on my hands. That's, that's going to be, I mean, for me, the key is taking this seriously. I mean, you cannot have a ballot with one guy, like only mm-hmm. Jeff Kent. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, give me a reason. Or saying, you know what? I don't think they're deserving of, I mean, any of these guys are deserving of being like Hall of Fame worthy. I'm like, okay, but tell me why. I mean, for me, the key is going to be to take things seriously, you know, nine years from, from now. Um, so there, there's a name that, name that came up in the conversation yesterday because, uh, you know, Pop is the fourth Dominican, you know, to be in, in the Hall of Fame with uh, Juan Marichal, uh, Pedro Martinez, and Vladimir Guerrero. So Adrian Beltre is going to be the next one mm-hmm. in 2024. Uh, he should be over 80%, I hope. because uh, he He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, yeah. so good. So good, Adrian Beltre. Offensively, defensively, everything he did was just amazing. Um, but what's going to happen with Nelson Cruz? Mm-hmm. That's, that's an interesting case. And maybe I'm going to have the chance to vote for Cruz. Because let's say he plays for one or two more years. So when he retires, he's going to be maybe seven years from my first ballot. So you take five since his retirement, so maybe two years. And I don't think he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame. And maybe I'm going to have the chance to vote for Nelson Cruz. What's going to happen with him? Because we know he was suspended in 2013 for PEDs. But at the same time, everything that he did after 2013, it's nothing but great things. Mm-hmm. Um, with um, offensively, of course, because he's been at the age, and he's gonna finish up his career with great numbers, and also being one of the greatest human beings in the game right now, a great ambassador. So, what are the writers gonna do? Like, will they ever forgive him and say, you know what, I'm gonna vote for Cruz because, yeah, everything he did after he tested positive, and I think it's Hall of Fame worthy. Then you're gonna see some inconsistencies between mm. some ballots and others it's it's frustrating man it's frustrating because again you know i want to really be happy for big poppy and in a little bit i'm going to have my buddy on who's a red sox fan yeah. who's going to just be excited about big poppy for a second and i really yeah. want to be but it's hard to not have this whole thing overshadowed by 
it it just feels wrong. It just feels I wrong. I I know, but at, at the same time, and I, and I, I mean, I feel you hundred percent. But at the same time, and I, I and I said this on a radio show this morning, it shouldn't be like that. Mm-hmm. Even though it happened, it shouldn't be like that because at the same time, dude, we have to celebrate the career of this guy. Absolutely. I mean, everything Poppy meant for our generation, you know, growing up as baseball fans, and for the entire community of Boston and everything that happened in '04. And then in 2013, with the terrorist attack, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, for the Dominican Republic, what he means for not only the DR but for the Lat- Latino community, uh, mm-hmm. Papi's a great ambassador, and and I feel um, very proud as a, as a Latino to see one of our guys in, in the mm-hmm. hall. Uh, 31 months ago, he, this guy almost lost his life mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the DR. I Remember, he was that. shot. Wow, so, I forgot about that. So. It's, it is a miracle that this guy is alive and that he's able to, to, to be doing this and living his life to, to the fullest. And I, I, I really hope that everyone gets a chance to at least interact with Papi for five minutes or for one minute because he's gonna, um, he, he's, he's such a special human being. And, and I've had the chance to, to share it with him in all in the all-star game in 2018 because he was managing the future the rest of the world team then in the world series in in 19 and spring training as well in fort myers and he was such a great guy he gave us interviews and uh basically every minute that we needed uh so i i'm really happy for him and we should be happy for for papi and, and not let you know, the Bonds and Clemens out of the hole, you know, overshadow what, what happened last night with, with Poppy because he deserves it. It's really easy to be happy for Big Poppy, and especially after you see the video I'm about to show. Hello, I'm trying to reach David Ortiz, please. This is David Ortiz. Hello, David. This is uh, Jack O'Connell with the Baseball Writers Association of America. I'm calling you from Cooperstown, New York. But you know that the baseball writers have elected you to the National Baseball Hall. Yes! And if you're listening on podcasts, first of all, Poppy is wearing the most amazing shirt I've ever seen. I don't know what's going on on that shirt, but it is just epic. It's total big poppy. And second of all, Pedro Martinez is standing right there over his shoulder. It's not a family member. It's Pedro Martinez. It is. And it, I just thought that was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and poppy, Pedro is the reason why poppy is poppy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he he's the one that, got him to Boston once he was released uh, by the Twins. I told him, you come here, you're going to be a Red Sox. And then his life changed. And Papi always said, when I got to Boston, I wanted to see what made Pedro this good, what made Manny this good, Jason Varitek, um, you know, those guys that were playing there. What, what makes them so good? And, and Pedro was just a role model for him, and it's and the last two years of Pedro in Boston were the first two years of Pedro, of Poppy with, with with the Red Sox. So uh, he kind of took the torch from from Pedro once he left and and went to to New York to play for the Mets, 
and and Papi just took over from there, and 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 Pedro really means means a lot to him, and I, I was really happy to to see it. Daniel, I'm gonna let you go after this question, but I just got one more for you. Who's in next year? Do you think Roland gets in next year, and who should we be watching out for in the next couple of years? Repeat the question again because I, I kind of lost. Who it. should we be watching out for in the next couple of years? So Beltre's on the ballot in twenty four. Yeah. yeah. Roland got pretty close this year. Kind of who would you like to see get in in the next couple of years here? I would like to see Bobby, but that's a cheap answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would love to see man um, Roland. Of course, I think he was a great player, a good hitter, great defender. Um, Billy Wagner, of course, uh, Sheffield. I think those those guys uh, really had a big impact in, in in the game, and and I think they really deserve it. And uh, next year should be a good one for for Sheffield, good one for for Wagner, and a good one, of course, uh, for Roland. I think maybe Roland is the candidate for next year. Mm-hmm. And and yes, what's what's going to happen to Carlos Beltran, for example, mm-hmm. uh, because Carlos. He had a great career. Um, I think he really deserves it. But at the same time, you know what happened in 2017. I mean, how is that gonna play out, right? Um, with the Astros scandal and and everything that that happened that year. So that's gonna be an inter- a really interesting case. Daniel Alvarez, I know you are very passionate about this stuff, and I cannot wait for you to have a vote one day. Hopefully, I'll be joining you as well, so that we can bring justice to this thing. Get off to wherever you're going. Go dominate some fish stripes, Jeopardy, or something. Whenever they, whenever they let me, <laughs> whenever they let me, Eli, I know you're watching. I, I know you're listening. Let me play again, you coward. <laughs> Ethan, I, I really appreciate you, man. Yeah, Thank man. you once again for having me yeah. and, and for doing this. This is really good. I really enjoy it. Always great, man. Always great to talk to you. We'll talk See soon you, about everything. Love you, bro. All right, that was Daniel Alvarez. Joining me now, my boy Harrison Whittle. He is going to talk to us about Big Poppy and as a Red Sox fan, just what this means to him. So when you first heard the news, I've been telling you this is going to happen for a while now. When you first heard the news, what was your initial reaction, Harrison? Yeah, I mean, when when I first saw it, I was like, oh, he just got in by, what, I think he had 70, 77 or... 77.6% of the vote, I believe. Yeah, he just, yeah, so even the, he, even he the just fact snuck that in. He, yeah, even the fact that he was the only one and just snuck in, it kind of shows how wild it is that with all the PR and being the greatest, desi- he's undoubtedly the greatest designated hitter ever, but even the fact that he only got in by 2% as a first ballot is pretty reflective of that whole era era and any steroid allegation whatsoever i know that baseball isn't your number one sport right you're more of a football college football guy definitely but when you when you follow the hall of fame kind of what does it mean to you you talk to me about it a lot but what does it mean to you as a fan of the game a more casual fan of the game than some of the more passionate fans that i may have talked to on the show before yeah so football is definitely my number one sport as of now but growing like this is the era like i'm we're pretty much the same age so like we grew up what like baseball was my number one sport until i was like 15 or 16 so all these guys that are now going in the hall are the ones i grew up playing baseball like i always did the thing with the bat that gary sheffield did i always watched big poppy i'm a manny ramirez stan because i met him once when i was a little kid like all these guys that are now on the ballot now are the ones that 
I grew up watching. Like I remember watching Bonds's seven fifty six with my mom at one o'clock in the morning in the summer. Like all like all this mm-hmm. I remember. So like this era of the Hall of Fame actually means something to me. And it's really it's it's really messed up to see some people not get in who deserve to be in when everyone was doing steroids. <laughs> right. Right. So with with Big Poppy, just talk to me about as a Red Sox fan, growing up a Red Sox fan, still a Red Sox fan, what he means to that fan base and to you specifically. I mean, for me, he was he was the first like true Boston sports fit. Like I'm a Celtics fan, too. But like for me, he was my favorite player growing up. Um, 04, he had the two walk-off hits within 24 hours against the Yankees, which is still one of the most will always be in Boston history. He's a three-time World Series champ. Um, he just, like, 2013, I mean, he was in, the second he said, this is our fucking city, it became, oh, Big Big Poppy's now a Boston sports right. icon even more than he already was. And then if you look at that roster, I mean, they had no business beating the Tigers that series and probably lose nine times. Out was of 10. Johnny He's... Gomes on that team? Didn't he yeah, have that was a the, big hit on that, that team? That was the Johnny Gomes year. The Vic, like Victorino hit a grand slam. And like that Tigers Red Sox series, if you look at the roster now, it was, it's unbelievable how the Tigers lost that series with Prime Scherzer, Prime Verlander, Prime Miggy, Prince Fielder, Tory Hunter. Oh, and it's, yeah, and like that grand slam poppy hit in the eighth when Boston couldn't get a hit or couldn't score a run, it swung the series. I mean, if he doesn't get that hit, it's down 2-0, and they definitely aren't coming back and winning four out of five against that rotation. So he's definitely a Boston sports legend. Um, seeing Just seeing him yesterday with Pedro just made it 100 times more nostalgic because like Pedro and Ortiz were like the two guys who, when you think of breaking the curse, you think of, Pedro Ortiz and Manny like those are those were mm-hmm. Boston's guys and then seeing Pedro get in a couple years ago and now Big Poppy it's it's really good for Red Sox fans in the city of Boston to have guys like them in the Hall of Fame this is a pretty good outfield I'm looking at this roster now I mean Jacoby Ellsbury a young JBJ um Shane Victorino Poppy's on Glacius the roster, then, you've got, <laughs> then you've got Johnny Gomes a very young Xander Bogarts. He doesn't still wear 72, does he? No, he was. So the, this is the 13th team, right? Yeah, this is the 13th. Yeah, so team. like that year it was, I think it was Jose Iglesias and Xander Bogarts at shortstop. Uh-huh. And Brock Holt is on this roster. Mike Brock Napoli. Holt, Mike Napoli. <laughs> Will Mike Middlebrooks Napoli. is on this roster. Will Middlebrooks was starting at third base and Jackie Bradley, and you had Napoli at first hitting like 35 home runs. Like, what is going on? <laughs> it's easily like one of the most, if you look at the roster from top to down, it's like, how did the, it's easily mm-hmm. since 2000, one of the five biggest, how did this team win a World Series? Like, it's one of those. And Poppy's performance in the ALCS, mm-hmm. and I think he hit at least four. I want to say conservatively 400 in the world series that year. He was just playing out of his mind. So he pretty much carried the entire city after the, on his back after the Boston, uh, after the Boston massacre event to a world series. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, he'll never pay for anything in the city of Boston ever again. So I want to ask you just a couple more questions um, before I let you go. And uh, cause I, I want to get to breaking down the whole ballot, yeah. um, but just, for you, there's 2004, there's 07, there's 2013, there's all these iconic moments. Which one for you sticks out above all when it comes to Big Poppy? 
I mean, 04, obviously, like I was just a little kid. That was like my first year watching baseball. So like mm-hmm. I really didn't have an understanding of how big a deal it actually was. But um, that home run against Detroit was definitely my favorite Ortiz moment. I got to see mm-hmm. Poppy play. Uh, I got to see Poppy play a couple times in person. I'm thankful I got to see him his last year when they played the Marlins and he hit two home runs. Like, but that, um, that Detroit home run was definitely my favorite. Yeah, Tory Hunter goes flipping over the wall. And the, the, the security the officer doing that and like not giving a single man. shit about anything yeah. else. That was that was great. And and the Fenway crowd, I mean, they had been through so that was such a year where it was just one of those magical runs. Yeah. You know, it's one of those years where it just was supposed to happen that way. Yeah. You know, like you knew like once that team because like me and you talked about this year with the Red Sox, it's like you were like, this isn't sustainable. I never thought that team was sustainable. But like once we got mm-hmm. to July and August, like you, we kind of knew. Um, the one thing related to Poppy I wanted to ask you, I want to ask you, and I don't know if you already talked about this, but do you think part of the reason he got in is kind of like the positive PR thing that yeah. he's had? Because no, like. Course. I, of course, because like man, there's Manny who's Manny's being Manny being Manny. Well, I want to ask you about Manny as yeah. well, and then we'll get back to this because, you know, he has another year where he just kind of hangs on. I don't think like what was his number? I didn't even see what his number was. So at. he had twenty eight point nine percent of the vote. Is last this this year is like what year, this year three or four? Um, this is Something year like six for him. So he went I'm up old. one whole percent. Um, not no, not even. A, per, a tenth of a percent this year. So it seems like he got one more vote or there was one le- something <laughs> like that. So Manny not really doing any moving. Not sure he's going to get in this. this. is his sixth year. But with when it was Ortiz and Manny, like that was an unstoppable force. So those what are your well. memories of <laughs> those two together? Yeah, so like the the classic Manny image of him holding up the arms when he hit the home run against the Angels, like him high five like i remember manny is him high-fiving a fan in the outfield but my favorite manny thing for me and this is a personal story i met manny one night in weston at a, at a dumb fresh market in weston and i just had a bag of baseballs in my car <laughs> and because i was playing baseball at the time so like i was like six or seven so like i ran to the car got it and he signed it at like nine o'clock on a saturday just in the middle of the store i'm like wow okay you forever got a fan for me so manny ramirez is a hall of famer to me for just for that alone but i do think the fact that he did get popped for steroids later on in his career um he kind of didn't go out the way poppy did because poppy didn't even ever really have a decline manny's last year with the dodgers in tampa wasn't that great and then he I think he went to Korea or Japan. To he went to Tampa. Too. He was in Australia. He was in Yeah, Japan. he, he, he was in Tampa for like two weeks and then got popped for PEDs. I was like, yeah, it's over. So I think the last the last couple years are gonna hurt Manny. But if you're gonna if you're gonna put Ortiz in the hall, I think you have to put Manny in the hall too. Mm. I mean, this is what I was gonna ask you, like Poppy's PR versus like Manny's PR, A-Rod's PR right. and the other three big steroid guys on the back. Well, how about like, Bond? Even Bonds is PR, right? So yeah. I mean, Bonds is the greatest, you know, he's the, he's the greatest among all ever. these guys. He's the greatest ever, right? And um, certainly the greatest on this ballot. And he is off. And it's just, yeah, the, the, the juxtaposing, you know, when Pudge got in, 
it was different and Bagwell and, you know, there have been yeah. steroid guys that have gotten in while Barry's been on the ballot. But for this juxtaposition of Poppy in his first year and Bonds in his final year and Poppy, they're light connections. They're not the greatest. Nobody really knows. It, it doesn't seem great. Yeah. Like it's not like it's a, not as much like, as we the don't other know if guys. he did. We don't know if he didn't. But right, exactly. But he also never tested positive, just like Bonds never tested positive, yeah. even though I think Bonds is a little more obvious. But the, the juxtaposition of putting that in his first year and Bonds falling off in his 10th year together feels wrong. But I, I know for you, I mean, you didn't care. You were very happy. No, I know I you were upset I about mean, Bonds, but I know you, you know, you texted me, Poppy got in, and you were the only person texting me. You know, excited. Everybody else was texting me. Yeah. Oh my god, I can't believe it! Like this is yeah, ridiculous. Like I, was, but- I was upset that that Bonds didn't get in. Like Clemens is Clemens. Like my Clemens was like my grandfather's favorite pitcher. So like I always, I always liked the Rocket too. But like I'm upset that those two didn't get in. Like if I had a like you sent me your mock ballot, but if I had a ballot, like those two would have been on mine. The only steroid guy, quote unquote, I would have had off my ballot is Sosa and that's just because I think with Sammy Sosa there's the stare it's blatantly obvious there's he got in trouble he like he got caught doing a couple other things like the cork in the bat and all that stuff so that's my explanation but mm-hmm. I just don't understand how you don't let Bonds in I mean I think the writing the writers thing is ridiculous and the thing with Bonds I'm really interested to see like it kind of relates to Poppy too is A-Rod's kind of had this career like second wave post-career pr revival mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like he's on sunday night baseball he does fox he's dating j-lo he's now a funny guy he's all over social media so i'm interested to see like as it gets later and later mm-hmm. on the ballot and we have more steroid guys getting in if people are gonna be like oh okay he had 696 home runs yankee whatever time all-star great hitter but he has he has the biggest black black eye of anyone possibly on the ballot so i'm interested to see how that right. goes well the other thing with a rod is as his time on the ballot goes on the voting population is only going to get younger so yeah. that's going to vote well for his chance for, for a rod yeah and and you know 34.3 percent is the number for him this is what year two i think this is his first year so okay he, he joined as well um this year that's a pretty good number I want to see um, what Bonds' first year. Um, I'm stalling. I'm stalling. I'm stalling. What his first year numbers were because, um, sorry, his first year he got 36. percent So A Rod is kind of A Rod is kind of right on the same pace that um, that Yankee logo helps too, though. Yeah, definitely. Any everything helps when you're a Yankee, but. You know, he's kind of right on that same pace that Bonds and Clemens were. So it's going to be interesting. But again, that voting base is going to get a lot younger for him year by year by year. Yeah, and people our age. that grew. help him? Would yeah. that have helped Bonds? Would would Bonds have gotten in, you know, if he had four more years left? We we don't really know. It's I mean, I would, say, I would say probably like – but with A-Rod real quick, like people, me and you, we grew up watching – a-Rod and Pedro, A-Rod and Ortiz, those Red Sox-Yankees teams, like when A-Rod was a 35 home run hitter a year and could hit one 500 feet, granted, he was doing steroids, but still, everyone was doing steroids at that time. So, like, he's still one of the best third basemen to ever play the game. He's 
was a great shortstop. I mean, he played with Jeter. He won a World Series. Like, I would, I would definitely not have put him on my ballot this year. But I think in a few years, and maybe in a year or two, when it's a lower ballot, I would agree with you. Uh, I don't know if I would. I mean, I would put him on the ballot. I don't know if you would too. I don't know where you mm-hmm. stand on that. But um, also, let's get Andrew Jones in. That's my yeah. Final thing. <laughs> that's a big one. And Andrew Jones, actually, you know, while, while we're here. Didn't well. he tweet like a video yesterday of him doing making like a stupid catch? I saw this insane catch that he made, and it's just like, let me. I just deleted the picture. I had this screenshot of like where the ball is, and where he is at one point, and then where he ends up. Like just he absolutely insane. No steroid connections there. I don't know, like if you can. I can't. This is not good television <laughs> right here but like the ball is here and Ish. yeah you're not gonna see it i'm yeah, trying no. <laughs> really hard and it's not good this is gonna go on podcast as well so it's not very good for podcasts to do this <laughs> but just like the most insane catch just like chasing a ball down in the gap and in complete disbelief of where he is and where he gets to um i'm gonna try and download this here but while we're doing that um just is this yes okay i wanted to show this video bases loaded two out hard hit into right back at the wall tie game big puppy the grand slam I mean, epic moment down yeah. 5-1 in the bottom of the eighth inning in, what is it, game, what is that? Game, game two. Six? That was game, game two. two. I, fe- game two. I mean, you go down 2-0, leaving your home field, going to Detroit, and you got to play Scherzer and Verlander at least twice. So <laughs> that was it. Just, like, just an iconic an iconic moment. And the noise, I'm going to try to get October, this. October, man. <laughs> I'm working on the fly. I'm trying to get this. Um, uh, like we talked Jones about video downloaded we, too, but we talked about it this year with Fenway in October, like during that whole yeah. race series, and even during the Astros series, how Fenway in October is just it's just another animal, yeah. and that it, it, that that's like one of the five best Fenway in October moments I think ever. That that run was just insane. Yeah, I mean there were so many crazy moments. Victorino Gomes has a big hit. The Victorino and, and Grand I never Slam. Seen, I have Victorino never Grand seen, Slam is great. Yeah. <laughs> I had never seen anything like Fenway during that playoff run. No. But Harrison, last thing before I get you out of here, I'm going to go through the ballot with these last like 15 minutes or so and just kind of get everybody the results so they understand them. Um, seeing Pedro in that clip, I, what, as you know, what is that? Like, what is that emotion like? Did, you know, some well, tears like, in the eyes. Like, what? How beautiful was that? It, it, I, I was just talking about it with Daniel Alvarez. Um, it's just beautiful, man. It's just like that. I, I did not expect. You know, I expected a, a family member. I'm not sure if Poppy yeah. has a has a has a spouse, but you know, I expected something like that. A kid, but it's fucking Pedro Martinez <laughs> over his soldier shoulder. Just amazing, right? It's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, like. Pedro's my Pedro's my favorite pitcher of all time. Like that was my first favorite. That was uh like he has the same joint center that I have, so that's another re- partially reason why I'm biased. But like seeing Pedro, like when I first saw, it, I was like, oh, Pedro's cool. Like he's there for support. And then like I see Poppy is like the first one that the first one he hugs is Pedro, not his mom, not his dad. Like mm-hmm. it's Pedro. I'm like, damn. Like 
that's my whole fucking childhood right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, this is how Yankees fans felt when we're like from Rivera and Jeter got in the in the Hall of Fame. Now it's like now it's our turn. So that was that was really, really cool. And honestly, like if I don't know where you stand on this, but like if the Hall of Fame wasn't in the middle of bumfuck New York and Cooperstown, <laughs> like I'd really I'd really consider going this year just to see him. I'm sure Pedro will speak. I'm sure Manny will be there. Like I'm really looking this is a too yeah let i i got I, I would i told my buddy that if um larry got in we were gonna go but it was during covid so i didn't yeah, that's a being able to go but i would have loved to go i mean i want to go eventually just i mean i feel it, like it's something you got to do once it, absolutely i yeah. i got this andre jones video i want to show you real quick all right and the gap to left center can andrew catch up with it a diving catch in yes. the game Drew Jones does it again with a tremendous diving grab in the alley in left center field, preserving Tom Glavin's 22nd career shutout. What a catch. I mean, nobody moved in center field the way Andrew Jones did. No, and like those Andrew and Chipper teams in the late, like, God, the Expos, I feel old. But um, (laughs) late 90s, early 2000s, 2000s, those teams haunt my dreams. Yeah, like, like, like I said at the beginning of the show, like this era of guys on the ballot is like the ones we grew up watching so it's extra important for guys like me and you like i'm i know we're i'm pushing the scott Rowland agenda for next year because i played third base and he has one of the best clubs ever so scott Rowland had a good year and we're, seven, we're gonna go over that like in 70 second. right yeah he almost what did he get to 63.2 percent had 70 yeah, percent of the of the public ballot um so he did really really good um he got he netted 16 votes at, known so far what he netted um from last year to this year harrison thanks for joining me man congratulations to you and to red sox nation on big poppy getting in it was a pleasure dude thanks for having me man go Sox. Talk to, yeah talk to you soon that was harrison whittle a good friend of mine good buddy um thanks for to him for joining thanks to daniel alvarez for joining us earlier as well friend of the show um good 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 guys. Good conversation. Glad to have those guys on to talk, especially Harrison, giving us some perspective on Big Poppy. I think that was really important. We really needed it today because, again, I really want to be happy for Big Poppy, and I am happy for Big Poppy. It's Big Poppy. He's one of the most lovable characters in the history of the game. It just sucks that, you know, it has to be overshadowed um, by what happened with Bonds and Clemens. But, okay, so let's run through this. Let's do it. Um, let's take a look at all the results. So um, the final numbers are in. Uh, Bonds received 66% of the vote. Clemens received 65.2%. So there were three voters, uh, three less votes for Clemens uh, than there were for Bonds total. Whatever that means, I don't know. I don't know how you can vote for one and you can't vote and, and you don't vote for the other. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Then again, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that the greatest player in the history of baseball is not in all of fame. The greatest pitcher in the history of the game is not in all of fame either. I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense, but it is what it is. And it's just the reality that we're going to have to deal with now. Um, The next highest vote getter is Scott Rowland. Scott Rowland did really, really good this year. 63.2%. Uh, His final number in 2021 pulling that up real quick here from the tracker 52 percent so he went up about um, more than 10 percent last year or uh, from last year to this year if he goes up 10 more percent next year he'll fall just short but i do think that with a 
um, clearer ballot, right? A, a less crowded ballot. There are four guys that fall off the ballot this year. Uh, Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, and Sosa. That will definitely benefit a guy like Scott Rowland. I think I've said it all, you know, a lot this year. I think he's on Hall of Fame watch for next year. If it's not next year, it'll definitely be the year after that. He'll be joining Adrian Beltre. But there's not a lot of first ballot guys next year. Um, let's take a look at what the ballot could look like next year. Uh, the biggest name to look out for is going to be um, Carlos Beltran. Some other guys, John Lackey. Uh, oh, oh, I mean, yeah, nobody really on here that you're going to be looking at. Um, in terms of war, the um, highest first ballot guy would be Beltron. He has 70 war. Okay, so yeah, Beltron, I did not realize, has such a great case, but he does have a good case. Obviously caught up in the Astros cheating scandal recently. So could that affect um, what how, how that happens, what, what happens with him going forward um, in, in terms of how he's voted for. But the next guy is John Lackey with 37.3 war, Jared Weaver, Jacoby, Jacoby Ellsbury, Johnny Peralta, Jason Worth, Matt Cain, JJ Hardy. Wow. That's a name I haven't heard in a long, long time. Mike Napoli, who we just mentioned, Aaron Hill on down the line, K rod as uh, Daniel Alvarez just mentioned. So not a very good ballot next year. Um, I don't really think Beltron is a guy that's going to get in on the first ballot. Um, so that, one doesn't really seem to me like he's going to steal a lot of votes from Roland. So I think you're going to see a lot of votes going towards Scott Roland next year. I think, look, somebody's got to get in. They cannot have two of the last three years. Nobody gets in. And then there were a couple years ago again, where nobody got in. So they cannot have that same issue um, going forward. They have to let somebody in. And I think Scott Roland is going to get in next year. Who else did really well? Let's take a look uh, around. So, Okay, where did Schilling end up? Schilling ended up with 58.6% of the vote. He lost 25 votes, um, according to the tracker. We all know what happened this year. He asked to not be in, and he did not get in. It's that simple. Um, he didn't want to get. He didn't want to be in, and so he's not. Congratulations to him on not getting into the Hall of Fame. I'm sure he's very upset about it. Um, I mean that seriously. That might have sounded sarcastic, but I'm sure that Kurt Schilling is very upset about the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame this year, and that sucks for him. Um, he had 71.1% of the vote last year. He would have been in no doubt if he just had kept his mouth shut about January 6th and everything else. Gary Sheffield, uh, last year he had 40% of the vote. He got 40% of the vote this year. No movement for Gary Sheffield. That is problematic. He really needed a good year. This was his eighth year, and he's still sitting at 40.6%. Look, I don't know how you leave Gary Sheffield out of the Hall of Fame. Maybe, a, a, again, maybe a less crowded ballot will be very good for a guy like Gary Sheffield. Um, and, and I, you know, I, but that's just, that's not enough movement to really make me confident that he's going to get in in his last two years. He's going to need some Larry Walker-like movement in these next two years to get in. Um, who else did good? Todd Helton, another a, a big year for Todd Helton. He picked up 15 netted votes um, that we know of. Uh, well, I guess he picked up 15 netted votes. Um, he got 15 or 52, sorry, percent of the vote last year. Todd Helton got 44.9 percent of the vote, so about an eight, uh, 7.1 percent increase from last year. So that's really good. Again. 
I really think that Helton, 52% of the vote, he's got to go through 13%. If he does that 7% increase, he'll be in in two years. Um, so yeah, I think Helton next year, not next year. Um, I wouldn't say next year, next year I'd be very surprised by, but I think that in his sixth year, Todd Helton will be in the hall of fame. Um, looking down the line, the next guy. So we talked about Schilling. How about Billy Wagner picking up 51% of the vote? So he crosses the 50% threshold for the first time. He had 56% of the vote last year. He's got, uh, this is his seventh year on the ballot. He picked up 13 votes this year. Um, good number for him. Yeah, good number for Billy Wagner. Not quite a giant jump like he had the last couple of years, um, but that's a good number for him on a good pace. Needs about 14%. So if he gets 7% increases over the next two years, he'll be in. Um, he's got eight, nine, 10. He's got three years left on the ballot. So I think Billy Wagner's on a really good pace right now. You know, a, a lot of people have said to me, or I've seen them tweet about the results and how it's a shame that this guy's not in. It's a shame that this guy's not in. Well, yes, of course, right? Everybody wants everybody to get in at once. But if everybody got in at once, then there wouldn't be anybody to vote for for the next year. So the fact is we got to wait. Um, that's the way the Hall of Fame process works. Because of that, not everybody's going to get in in the same year, which means that, yes, every year everybody is going to complain that Andrew Jones isn't in, and everybody's going to complain that Helton's not in, and everybody's going to play Roland, and on down the line. But it's important to pay attention to the trends. It's important to pay attention to the percentages and what the guys have been kind have kind of had going for them in the past few years. If you see those trends, then okay. Like like Andrew Jones. Somebody I saw said, you know, it's a shame that Andrew Jones is in the Hall of Fame. A hundred percent correct. There's no doubt about it. Andrew Jones belongs in the Hall of Fame. But if you look at the numbers, he's on a really good pace. Um, we're going to have Andrew Jones, the, the person behind Andrew Jones HOF. I don't know if you guys follow this account. It's a great account. You should definitely follow it at HOF Jones. So every year they set goals um, that uh, uh, they believe, basically they have a pace that they want Andrew to follow in order to get in. So the goal for this year was 39% for Andrew Jones. And he got 41%. So again, this is a, a, at least the second year in a row that they've surpassed the goal, that Andrew has surpassed the goal that this guy has, this person, excuse me, has set out for them. Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to talking to them because one, I want to get some more insight on Andrew Jones. Two, I think they have a they have a lot of great stats and information. And three, I want to understand the process behind how they came up with these pace setters, uh, these goals um, to set the pace. So 39% was a goal this year. 48% is the number I'll be watching for for Andre Jones next year to see if he's staying on a good pace. Um, this person, this account's uh, pace would have Andrew in in 2027. So still a ways to go, but I believe I do believe that Andre Jones is on a really good pace. Um, looking down the ballot, Again, we talked about Manny Ramirez with Harrison kind of holding steady. A-Rod, I think, had a pretty good first year. Jimmy Rollins got 9.4% of the vote. That's a guy that I didn't expect to say on. Poor Sammy Sosa, 18.5% of the vote. That's just totally unfair to Sosa. He actually lost votes this year. 
very, very upsetting. Very upsetting, to say the least. Um, Jeff Kent at 32.7% of the vote in his ninth year. Um, he had 31.7% of the vote last year. Not a huge boost for him this year at all. Um, but he, yeah, he's he's not anywhere close to getting in. Uh, Jeff Kent sadly won't be a Hall of Famer. Um, and then that's pretty much it um, to touch on those guys. The only people that served, the only players that survived the first ballot um, were Jimmy Rollins, Poppy, of course, and Alex Rodriguez. Nobody else from the first, they're on their first ballot survived. I really thought that Mark Teixeira would survive the first ballot. He's got a better case than Rollins if you just go off war and awards and stuff. Um, and he was a better player, actually, than Rollins. But Teixeira falls off. Uh, Jonathan Papelbon and Joe Nathan, guys that, you know, eighth and tenth in saves all time, guys that I thought might have a chance to survive. Both of them do not get 5%. Papelbon only got 1.3%. He only got five votes. Nathan got 17 votes. Tim Lincecum. Um, sadly, Tim Lincecum fell off the ballot. That one, to me, is very unfair. Um, you know, I understand that he's not a Hall of Famer. But to say that Tim Lincecum, for the peak that he had and what he meant to the game, the icon, the face that he was of the game for a minute, I just think it's wrong for him to fall off in his first year on the ballot. I think he deserved better than that. Ryan Howard only gets 2%. Mark Burley barely survives. He gets 5.8%. Uh, Andy Pettit, 10.7%. i am trying to see if I miss anybody. Um, Tim Hudson fell off in his second year. He survived. Uh, Tory Hunter barely survived again. He barely survived last year. Um, he barely survives this year. And... Bobby Abreu, 8.6%, so not the greatest year for Bobby Abreu. That's the whole ballot. And and it's just these these results are very disappointing. I have to be honest with you. These I find these results very disappointing. Um, I am very happy for Big Poppy, and I found it in me eventually to just kind of be excited and be happy for Big Poppy. But again, it just feels wrong. It just that's there's not much else to say, but that it feels wrong. Um, that, you know, he gets in this in, in the same year that Bonds and Clemens fall off. Um, I didn't really rant as much as I thought I would on this episode. We're wrapping up here. Um, but I just want... Okay, sorry about that. My mic got unplugged for a second. Um, live TV, right? I just want everybody to kind of understand the emotions of all of this. I grew up watching Barry Bonds and, you know, everybody probably knows that I grew up with a love for the giants. Um, and I still love the giants. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a fan of them, but they are an organization that I admire and I respect. Certainly my girlfriend's from there. So, um, even more so to see bonds, the greatest player ever, a guy that, you know, I admired as a baseball player. And I thought of, of such a, thought of as such an amazing player, such an amazing figure. I remember when he hit that 756 home run and what it meant to everybody. I remember, you know, cutting into baseball tonight for each bonds at bat at 754, at 755. It's certainly when he got to 756. And I remember it like took a week or so for him to get there. What that meant to the sport 
to see him chase down Hank Aaron and surpass him. That meant so much to the sport. That was so much for baseball. When was the last time baseball had something like that? You know, they don't even cut in on SportsCenter or whatever for no hitters anymore. They were cutting in in live games, live sports, to watch Barry Bonds take at-bats and try and hit home runs. What he meant to the sport is so much more than just, you know, being a great player. He was polarizing. He transcended the sport in a way that not a lot of people do, for right or for wrong. And for baseball to say, for baseball writers, the people that are supposed to preserve the history of the game, not just as Hall of Fame voters, but in their writing, it's their jobs. Their jobs is to tell about the game. And in a way, they are historians for the games. They are for the game. They are supposed to be the people that appreciate the game, the game the greatest. For them to say no to this guy, but to say yes to other people that they have accused of the same thing is so wrong on so many levels. And I just wish that there was a better way to do this. Now, I wanted to end with this because I wanted to end with some promise. Barry Bonds and and Roger Clemens can still be in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, they're not going to do it the traditional way, the way that it should happen. The voters have had their say. And I, it, I'm boiling up inside. Like tr- I'm trying not to boil over here, but I'm boiling up inside thinking about these voters sitting at home, looking down at their ballots and saying to themselves, ah, this Bonds guy is not getting in, not on my watch. That is so angering to me. But there is good news. Bonds, can still, Bonds and Clemens can still get in. There is now the Today's Game Committee. That's 1988 to present. So in the the same way that the Veterans Committee elects somebody, the Golden Days Committee elects people every year, um, the the Today's Game Committee can let somebody in um, in the next class. So Bonds and Clemens will be up again. It won't be the traditional way. It won't be the, you know, beautiful way that most people get in. But they can still get in. And um, basically what happens in election for beginning in 2016, an election for today's game era candidate shall be held twice every five years at the Major League Baseball winter meetings. Quorum will consist of three fourths of the total blah, blah, blah. Um, So basically, players are presented to a 16 member committee. um, And it seems like they have to receive, I believe, 12 of the 16 votes. Um, I'm looking at this now. Sorry. Um, and, and basically, this committee can can let them in. So there is a way in. Hopefully, this committee does the right thing, right? It's made up of former players. Um, shall commit of 16 members comprised of members of the National Baseball Hall of Fame, executives, and veteran media members. The chairman of the board of directors of the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum Incorporated shall act as the non-voting chairman of the committee and shall act as non-voting secretary of the committee. So 
The today's game committee shall refer to the electorate that considers retired Major League Baseball players no longer for eligible for election by the Baseball Writers Association of America, along with managers, umpires, and executives whose greatest contributions to the game were realized from the 1988 to 2016 era. If anybody contributed more to the game than Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds from 1988 to 2016, I would like to see him. I'd like to know who it was. Because it damn sure wasn't Kurt Schilling. And it damn sure wasn't Sammy Sosa, you know, or some of these other guys. It damn sure wasn't a fucking umpire or a fucking manager or a fucking executive. Sorry, Lolo. I know you're listening. And I know you're angry right now. But there's nobody that contributed to the game more than Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens did from 1988 to 2016. And if they don't get in through this committee, then something is really wrong. And something's really wrong anyway, because these writers have taken their personal vendettas and they've taken it out on Bonds and Clemens. And they've said, if we don't like you, you're not getting in. It doesn't matter what you did. But if we did like you, it doesn't matter if you did the same things that the other guys that we don't like did. We'll let you in. Come join the party. We'll celebrate. We'll pop champagne. We'll tweet about you. We'll give you so much credit. We'll do videos. We'll cry and, and, and big poppy. Oh my God, it's amazing. Right? I it felt so wrong watching some of these writers celebrate Big Poppy while holding out Bonds and Clements. Because Big Poppy has steroid links. It's wrong what happened. It's wrong. It's an injustice. It's a shame. Roger Clemens released a great statement saying that he didn't play the game to be in the Hall of Fame. He played the game to set his family up for life. And he did. And I thought that was great perspective to have after such disappointment. He knew he had already resorted to the fact that he wasn't getting it. But the fact that that has to happen and that the San Francisco Giants have to make a statement about Barry Bonds listing all his incredible accolades. Because these 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 writers, people that I'm going to consider colleagues of mine one day, decided to hold them out for a personal vendetta is wrong. Let me read this statement from the San Francisco Giants. Seven-time MVP, 14-time All-Star, 12-time Silver Slug Award winner, Silver Slugger Award winner and a winner of eight Gold Glove Awards, Barry was a generational talent who amassed a 298 lifetime batting average and a major league record 762 home runs and 2,558 walks over his story 22-year major league career. His incredible talent and immediate impact when he signed with the Giants in 1993 sparked not only a baseball renaissance in San Francisco, but also helped pave the way for building Oracle Park, nay, Pacific Bell Park in 2000. We remain hopeful that he will gain election into the National Baseball Hall of Fame through the next phase of the voting process. Oracle Park is the house that Barry Bonds built. Just the same way that Yankee Stadium was the house that Ruth built. It's wrong. What happened here is wrong. Because we now have a Hall of Fame that excludes the all-time hit leader, the all-time Cy Young Award winner leader. He's won, Roger Clemens won seven, most all-time, arguably the greatest pitcher ever. 
and the all-time home run king. All three of those players are not in the Hall of Fame. How can you have a Hall of Fame without those three players? Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time on Big Hall Talk. Thank you.